Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abin, yeah. This is Black Country Blokes Tune the Fat. Me, Kev Dillon, Aaron Jew, Craig Pinches. Unfortunately, Lee Cavan can't be here today. But we're very lucky to have a very, very good friend of mine, Nick Davis. Now, I've talked about Nick on lots of the shows. He's an NLP practitioner, a hypnotherapist, and a life coach. There'll be other podcasts telling you more about Nick. But today we've been talking about the difference between nerves and anxiety. I'll give you a quick, quick example. Today my little girl started the first day of primary school and I've been as nervous as hell for her. That's not anxiety. In my experience of nerves, we need nerves to make us run faster so we could outrun and outfight them dinosaurs. Anxiety is crippling. When I used to have my anxiety attacks, it felt like I was having a stroke. I was physically held in place by, well, something that Nick will tell us about in a bit, but it was a crippling sensation. Whereas nerves, I'm nervous about doing exams, I'm nervous about doing a speak, I'm nervous about going on the pool. Nerves are different to anxiety. So Nick, could you please talk to us about the differences in your professional opinion? Yeah, so um, from a psychological, neurological perspective, uh, we call it fear. Fear is a normal everyday thing so if you see a dog that's got really sharp teeth and it's growling at you it's normal for you to feel fear your body goes into well there's five five stages so you've got fight flight freeze appease or faint and they're the five things that your body will do so a lot of people think uh, people go into the fight fight phase basically that's the least likely thing to happen and the first thing we do is our bodies react to it dumps a load of adrenaline into your body and then epinephrine into your brain. So the adrenaline makes you bigger muscles like your legs, your chest, your arms. They're ready to run away as fast as you can to keep your level of survival. And the epinephrine that goes into your brain, that's the bit that makes your awareness, your vision, your, your, your sense of sound and everything. It almost makes time stand still so that you've got the best chance of survival. What's epinephrine? Sorry. Epinephrine is a chemical that's produced in the brain. So we all know about adrenaline. That's what goes into your muscles. But epinephrine is a... Um, it's a hormone that goes into the brain and it basically makes your sight uh, really, really bright and it kind of slows everything down a little bit. But this is to make sure that you can see, hear, feel everything that's going to keep you safe. So that's perfectly normal. Um, so whatever you want to call it, nerves, worry, fear, that's actually a normal thing. So if you're nervous about sparring and getting through the ropes, it's absolutely normal. Um, you know, there are ways of uh, reducing that. But sometimes what happens is when we have an, uh, like an adrenal dump, so these chemicals hit our bodies and, and they come in too quickly because the fear is, is excessive, then we can get freeze, which we, we, you, know, you and I have talked about. Freeze just basically sticks you to the spot. And this is something I used to suffer with as a, uh, as a, as a youngster. And sometimes I'd just be frozen to the spot. And, and what used to annoy me was like, I'd say to myself, what, what use is that? What on earth would like being frozen to the spot? Anyway, did a load of research on it. And actually... If you were to be attacked by, um, say, lions and tigers and things like that, dangerous animals normally have black and white vision and they have poor peripheral vision. So actually, you, you're not going to outrun a cheetah you know, or a leopard or something like that. Your best bet is that it doesn't recognise you as meat and it just thinks that you're a tree or something like that. So the freeze response, actually, historically, is a good response. And then we've got um, 
appease appeases where you try and befriend some somebody. So if somebody's going to mug you or affect you, you try and become the friend to give you a better chance of survival. And the other one is faint. And if you faint, that's another thing where if your life goes on the ground, you're more likely to be left alone. Playing possum. Yes, exactly, exactly. But fight is actually the last thing that you do. It's when you're cornered and there's no other options. That's when people trigger that. But actually, and that's why boxing is such an amazing sport because to actually trigger the fight response, we have to override a lot of our sort of programming. And like you say, anxiety, which I suffered with, I collapsed in the year 2000, woke up the next day with anxiety and panic attacks. All four of us have suffered with that, haven't we? And it, it's horrific. I, you know, I'd like to said to you in a previous book, when we chatted previously, is I got stabbed when I was 19 in the heart and I died, you know, I'm in hospital, no, no pulse, no blood pressure, no heartbeat, and they revived me somehow, I shouldn't be here. But the fear of dying that day, it was okay, because you go into this sleep when you're kind of, when you're going to pass to the other side or whatever happens, but it's a beautiful, peaceful sleep. So the fear subsides and then your body takes over. When I had panic attacks and anxiety, eight times a day I was dying, felt like I was dying, and, and anyone, there's a difference between anxiety and panic, anyone who's had a panic attack, you absolutely 100% every cell of your being like, thinks you're going to die at that moment or something terrible is going to happen. And it had happened time and time again. And it, it's it's horrible. And there's no, it's, it's irrational. It's like phobias and things like that. It's The response isn't normal. Like people are scared of spiders or heights or things that aren't going to kill them. And that's why I specialise in working with those things. Is there, like, like anxiety and stuff like that, you know, could lead me into a... Um, is that a chemical response as to what triggers that? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, ask any questions because, you know, it's not about ignorance or anything like that. You know, I've spent a lot of time dedicating my research to this and I'll try and explain it in a simple way. So any questions is really helpful because I want to, you know, for me, is I want to, I don't do this for, I, I do this to help people because yeah. it's, it's such a horrible thing to experience, I think. And, and anxiety is the number one search term on, on the hypnotherapy directory. We're in the middle of an anxiety epidemic. But do, do you think people are jumping on the bandwagon sometimes? Because I hear so much, oh, our little Jessica's suffering terrible. I'm thinking people are getting the wrong idea of it. They, they're they trying to label it. Like, oh, I suffer terrible migraines. I've got a bloody headache. Mm. They, 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 by using it all the time, they're devaluing what it actually is. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I, th- I, I do believe when we look at the research and the studies that, that now there's more people with anxiety than ever before in history. And if you think about it, after the Second World War, all the people that came back with shell shock and things like that, you know, so so life is actually a lot better nowadays than it used to be. But yet we're we're suffering more. And, the, and there's a few actual factors in this. One, I think there was there was more toxins in the food chain than ever before. And what happens with anxiety? Whenever the body thinks it's under attack, and this is why I, I believe. You know um, that we're suffering more anxiety. So if the body thinks it's under attack by a toxin, so you eat something, so you've got loads of aspartame sweeteners and things like that in a food. You know all the crops have sprayed with Roundup uh, glyphosate. So when you ingest these things that aren't organic foods, then that puts your body under attack anyway. So you, this is why we can have like mild anxiety, medium anxiety, and things like that. I know if I drink things with sulfates in, that can give me anxiety. I have an allergy to that, or or maybe there's more people that get that. What are sulfates? So sulfites are things you might find in uh, squashes or wines and things like that. And it's to preserve them. But I know when I, when I drink those things, my heart rate goes up. I can start to sweat for absolutely no reason. So the first thing is, is my advice for helping with anxiety is tidy your diet up. Obviously drinking lots of water. The other thing is stresses. You've got like an emotional rucksack that you carry around. And when that's full, 
body goes into fight, flight, or freeze, and you freeze and faint. So you, you start to have all these sort of palpitations, you're sweating, you're, your thoughts might become irrational, you start to panic, but really it's because you've got too much going on in your life. And nowadays, thank God, we live in this like Instagram society where everybody looks like they're doing really well. And I laugh because I say, if you look at my Facebook, that's my best bits. Yeah. I'm not going to put the pictures when I'm crying on there or, you know, my life's going really bad. Because you're not plastic. But how, many people, but how many people do that? Yeah. Here I am. Oh, look at my little fat rolling. They're trying to make out that they're these sincere, lovely people, but really, yeah. they're doing it for, oh, you look beautiful, really. And if I think the true soldiers are the ones who, not not battling swans, because that's bollocks, but these people who have real conversations, but they're not doing it just for gratification. Yeah. And the thing is, I think all four of us are here with a unique understanding that we've all suffered from some form of mental illness. But we're out there going, well, actually, as men, and you know, we're the most likely to commit suicide than anybody else, you know, in our age groups and things. Let's get this conversation started so we can help other people, you know, because it's, you know, I said to you, Kev, I've had some dark times in my life, but I wanted to talk to people, and I've not been able to. But then when I first met you, we were a bit like that, and then we kind of got chatting and everything else, and we used to have a laugh with Quint and Ricky, and, you know, we say, who wants a hug today, lads, in the boxing yeah. club, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we made it all right, that it was all right to talk about your feelings, but, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, you know, if you showed weakness, that was it. People would pick on you, and it was just the wrong thing to do. And, and I remember saying to you, Kevin, you were worried about telling people about your eyesight and stuff like that. I tell people, might, they might have a go at me, they might make me weak, this, that, and that. I said, no, it'll make you into a strength. And when we were on the radio for two and a half hours, honestly, you grew a level that day where I thought you'd be boss the whole interview at the end. And then you just came out a different person, I thought. Well, it's thanks to you and Aaron. Um, me and Nick have known each other for 15 years and been through a lot of dark places together. And Nick uh, allowed me to start talking about it. Then Aaron Jew invites me on our brother company, Find Your Voice, where I'm very open about uh, my eyes. And then Nick uh, pushed me to go on men's radio station, which is in London. And that's really how this um, uh, Black Country bloke started. So our stories can hopefully help and realising there is dark days, uh, but <laughs> bloody bright mornings. Yeah. The thing is that you're going to, I mean, by talking about these kind of things, like you say, it brings understanding. There's no, yeah. there's no question for you to as I say. Yeah. You know, you know, I suppose because of myself, labelling myself as ignorant with certain things I don't know about. But just talking, because you've not got to talk to anyone in particular. And I think that's where the fear comes from that you're going to get judged, is yeah. when you feel like you're talking to someone in particular. If you just talk it, yeah. the right people will will gravitate towards you. Exactly. And let, yeah. let me just say one thing, and I said this to Kev. If you show somebody your vulnerability and they abuse that, they're a bully. Mm, yeah. They're mm. a bully. And what I say, you know, when you show your vulnerabilities, you, you hunt those bullies out, you smoke them out, and then I avoid them. And I said, Kev, somebody yeah. has a go at you for your eyesight. What a horrible person. Absolutely. And if I, you know, if I was to talk down to you because you yeah. didn't know something, I'd be a horrible person. Yeah. That's why I say, you know, be brave. And if somebody shoots you down, it's their problem, not yours. Yeah, that's a beautiful message. I just want to jump in on that. Yeah. Because just before I was coming here, a good friend of mine, now, a good friend of mine, but he's got his whole circle of friends. So he's got probably eight or nine different people. I don't want to put him on loudspeaker, who are his best friends. And I'm kind of just in that circle on the outside. Yeah. And he just messaged me because I do a lot of this stuff. I share my anxieties, I share my vulnerabilities if I have a shit day. Mm. For no apparent reason, I'm yeah. trying to figure out why I'm yeah. the front, I would say it. Because I don't want to show this Instagram highlight reel yeah. of instant gratification. So long story short, he messaged me literally as I pulled up. 
and he just says, have you got any books on stress and overwhelm? And stuff? I said, well, spoken, that's about it. I go, actually, I'm outside now. I've often said, well, just from before, like, just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, he, and his, his message is, I hate telling myself this and mentioning it to anyone. I'm reading this by the way on the phone, as I feel it showed me as a weak person. And that, that made my heart, like, sink mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Because we're all sitting here now and we're thinking actually what we're doing, it's a normal thing. Let's share yeah. vulnerability, but it's not a normal thing. Yeah. For him to have to step outside of his initial circle, either of the fear of being judged, which he might not be, you know, they, they could all be supportive. I'm sure yeah. there's no belief yeah. in that. It's a shame. So hopefully yeah. this gives a platform for people to know that, look, there are people like this. And actually probably even within his circle, if he actually said, no, I need to talk to you. I bet you yeah. somebody else would turn around and say, you know what, I've probably got the same problem. Well, the funny thing, when I, when I used to play rugby mm. and I collapsed and I got panic attacks and anxiety, I thought I had about 50 friends. I used to go out loads and you know, this, that, and the other. Found out I had two. And loads of people spoke behind my backs. And until I got myself sorted and started doing the job I do now, what I found was a load of people that were horrible to me. And they were like, oh, look at him, he's at Lincoln being really confident. And they were looking at him and they were laughing at me. And it was a terrible time. But then, about two years after I started doing my job, because then people were going, well, he's doing a girl's job, he's, he had a great job at BT, now he's a therapist, he's doing a girl's job. And I, I had it hard for a long, long time. And then after about two years, people started taking me seriously, started accepting me. And then a few of those guys came out of the woodwork and went, yeah, I used to suffer with depression, I used to suffer with anxiety. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to be horrible to them. And I said, okay, I'm just going to stop you there. I'm not going to help you. I said, but I wish you well. Here's, here's some numbers for different people, but I don't feel I can help you because of what you did back mm. then. But I didn't take the opportunity to return it to them. Okay. I just said, I respect you, but I'm yeah. not going to treat you. And I was able to keep my head held high, you know. And I thought, maybe sometimes it's a fear that um, if I say I've got anxiety, I'm going to be the one that gets picked on. Yeah. Well, what was that you've always told me about uh, how someone acts is opposite to how they are? Yeah, so what you see on the outside of people to the extreme, the opposite mm-hmm. to on the inside. So if you see someone that's like really cocky and confident, they're very, very insecure on the inside. Um, consequently, you might see someone who's a big unit, loads of tattoos, this, that, and the other, ah, looks all nasty, they've got a real scared side to them. Yeah. So the opposite is true. And, and, and the other thing as well, and this is what shocked me, is if you see someone who's sickly, sweetly nice on the outside, normally a nasty person behind closed doors. Yeah. And that's why I don't buy into this Instagram thing, because you look at these people with the fake photos, people on there, and you can tell, you, you know, and I, I teach this sometimes on the, I mean, the body language course, and I say to people, you know, whatever you see on the outside, you can predict what's going on the inside. Well, I, I found, because my, my Kate, um, she, she loves Facebook and never puts anything on it. And it made me honestly think about, there's two types of people who use social media. One who's very nosy, i.e. Kate Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who need gratification. Yeah, Are you sure yeah. you want to hear this now? Yeah. <laughs> She knows she's nosy. Even Jasmine knows she's nosy. There's people who need gratification. I fall into that. You know, when I, I post, post something on the, the Lions page and I, I beep, beep, oh, I've had three likes. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. And then but we become addicted to people's gratification. Yeah. It's a dopamine hit. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's how Facebook and all run. They actually employ people from casinos and things alike yeah. to bring them in and say, right, how can we make our app more addictive? Attention. So they actually employ Yeah, I, I, I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I saw a post saying Facebook might be removing the like thing. Because, and I've written a few articles for magazines and stuff about kids getting addicted to likes and things mm. like that. And it's like, like you say, I the think it's so it. important that, that you do that. So, my, again, going back quickly to my story, eight years ago, I went on YouTube. And if you watch my first, actually, you don't want to watch my first YouTube. <laughs> but if you watch some of the later ones, I look very confident. Yeah. And I've had messages coming back to me saying, oh, you're confident, you're not shy, you're not anxious, or X, Y, and Z. 
And what I've done is I've literally sent him a screenshot and I've recorded it probably about 60 times before, just trying to get it right, just even trying to get my words right. And I'm saying, yeah, look, yeah. what you're seeing there, but at the same time, I'm always showing the whole extent of it. Yeah. And in terms of lights and stuff, so I've been fortunate, I've never really taken to lights or anything because I'm, I understand it. Like, at the yeah. end of the day, I say messages because I want to say it and I hope mm. that one person reads it. Yeah. And sometimes I might not get the likes, but I'll get a lot of DMs yeah. on this side. Yeah. That means more to me because it can help that person. Yeah. That's really important. So I've started recently and I've been working with some people. And what I tell them to do is, so there's algorithms with Instagram and Facebook. If you release a post at a certain time, it's more likely to get more traffic. And what I've done purposely for the last three months is release my post at the most random time where mm. nobody's probably going to be there. Yeah. Just to show people, look. It's not about that. And then yeah. if somebody's really interested and they want to learn something, read one of my articles, mm. something, the information's always there. We need to step away from that because that is, I think, what's killing us. Yeah. But, but actually, the funny thing is, is we're un- and this is this is the thing, is our unconscious mind, the limbic system of our brain, mm. is designed to be driven towards this kind of stuff. So if yeah. we said today, and this, I guarantee that we should do this, if we, we have said today, um, got a few of the lads in today, today we're going to be talking about sex, violence, and our favourite food. Guarantee there'll be more lurkers and watchers on that than any mm. intellectual conversation. <laughs> the, the limbic system, first of all, is designed to keep you safe. So if, if Kevin put, oh, um, Aaron, uh, sorry, which one's on Craig? Aaron, Craig, and Nick in crazy brawl, everyone's yeah. on there because they want to know it's danger. We need to find that. Or uh, yeah. sex or whatever. And this is how newspapers sell. That's why the trashy headlines mm. sell more than anything else. My dad always said that about uh, fencing. Because as you say, we're doing a day of fencing at the Lions. Four people turn up and say, yeah. but this time they're using real swords, you'd have to play sold out. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, and it's sad, Craig, because you think about it, you put those things in, those headlines, but mm. limbically, and this is, this is our minds betray us, we're actually attracted to things, yeah. but our conscious mind, back to the engineer, give us a reason why we did that. I remember uh, there's a friend of mine who's a teacher, and we have both said, I really dislike those um, uh, women who were the very fake plastic, you know, plastic chests and yeah. orange skin and, you know, this, that, you know. <laughs> and then we're just saying, yeah, yeah, I really can't stand that look. And then Katie Price pops up on the telly. Both of us go, boom, look at the yeah. telly and then look away. My limbic system is betraying my intellectual brain and going, look at that because it means, because uh, that look means, oh, they're healthy, so you'll be able to reproduce. Yeah. And, that, so and that's, that's the thing, it's battling with that part of your brain. So that's where clickbait and that comes mm-hmm. from. Exactly, and yeah. And that's how they manage to suck you in. And yeah. just, just on what you said there as well, you just dissected my actions. So I'm sitting here thinking... God, Kev's handsome. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I thought I thought we were allowed to drink. Oh, lost my train of thought. Yeah, I was just saying, so with the lights and stuff, um, yeah. what I've realised though, as you said that, Nick, that's really interesting because when I do a podcast episode, I will pick out the, the bit that draws people in. So, yeah. for instance, Ashley Nixon is coming on the show. Yeah. It was drugs, cartels, and finding God. Yeah. Three of the most random yeah. things together. Yeah. Great. That had the most listens straight away. So, yeah. again, I convinced myself that I wanted his message to be heard and to help people yeah. and empower them and give them that find your voice feeling. But, yeah, yeah there's a, it's, it's crazy. It's sensational. Story, yeah, it's sensational yeah. as it's well. You know, if you. Yeah, and you people link things in, you know, mm. and, and they could you know, they don't even have to be connected. Like you could say, um, uh, Pope porn addiction and whatever, yeah. and they go, Pope's got a porn addiction. I've got to read this, <laughs> yeah. but they're actually two unconnected stories. Absolutely. But the way you put that in is pulling people in, and that's why. And this, this is the sad thing: is stuff like this probably won't be that popular, you know, overall because it won't sell as much yeah. as the stuff. And especially in society now, we're drawn into this. Let's get something in a couple of seconds that we can see. Get drawn in, get your dopamine hit, and move on. But yeah. the problem is, with, when you get a dopamine addiction, 
this is where we get the pressure because the, um, uh, the the more we get those hits, the less likely, the more we need for the next one, and that's why people go into addictive behaviour and everything else. So it's, it's, it's a play on it's a play on things that you don't you don't even suspect that that's happening to you without speaking about yeah. it. You'd be doing that thinking, bloody hell, that's bit bad. Yeah. Bad. But yeah. you're not realising. Yeah. It's actually affected you so deeply to make you click on it. Yeah. It's manipulated your your. And the thing is, is like you know, I I went on the whole spiritual journey as well because like when I collapsed, there was the anxiety and the panic hit me so bad. I was like meditating every day, and I've done every form of meditation mm-hmm. for like months, years. Um, and then you know, stopped drinking and everything else. And, and my rugby mates they go, Nick, Nick found God. And I, but I wanted to be such a spiritual person. I'll go, I'll go the other way. I wasn't too bad, you know. I was just a rugby player, like mm-hmm. massive social life and everything. But I went the other way. And I tell you what, I didn't like that either because it was like I was a different person. I thought, I'm not here, I'm not like a mother Teresa, that's not me. Yeah. So what I found in life is you've got to balance the two. You've got to balance your ego and you've got to balance your spiritual side and, and link them together. You look at the world, it's all about balance. It's light and dark, hot and cold and everything else. And that's the bit where it exists. So I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to buy myself a nice car because I, I like that. It's, it's, it's shallow. I'll but don't feel it. guilty about succeeding. No, exactly. You've got, to, you've got to know yourself, and you know, yeah. like you said, you've got to find the balance. And in order to find the balance, and as it may sound, you have literally got to find yourself and yeah. what works for you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm of the spiritual nature. I'm not a religious guy. I'm a, I believe yeah. in a higher being. You yeah, know, I believe in the stars and the mystery of the stars and things yeah. like that. Now, when I'm having tough times, I've got a friend down in, in London uh, who's a Muslim. And I'm messaging when I'm having a really tough time. Now, I'm not a religious guy, mm. but I will, I will send you a message and say, bro. Do with a prayer. Yeah. Now I'm not a religious person, but some sometimes I'll find that. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm curious as to finding that balance. You, you know why? If you, if you if you look at all religions, they're all essentially the same. Yeah. There's some person that lives up there, you know, whatever, whether you're yeah. spiritual or whatever. Like, you know, I'm into the laws of attraction, the universal stuff, and yeah. and I like being general. And I, you know, and I've, I've studied a few different faiths, and I've got lots of different friends from different cultures. I know, interested, but they're all essentially the same. You believe in a higher power, whatever yeah. that is, and I think that's very useful. Um, you pray or meditate, they're all essentially the same thing. Prayer and meditation yeah. are very, very similar. Um, and you try and do good. But yeah. in any faith or whatever else, there's always going to be bad people that misuse it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like boxing. You know, somebody will learn boxing to be horrible to other people. Somebody will learn boxing because they want to better themselves and, and other people. And, that, and, and for me, it's about surrounding yourself with the right people, you know. I was sold not long back by a friend who heard the news it was his wife giving Christmas into alternative living and that. She said to me something, and it just find your tribe. Yeah. And I thought, that's, that's actually quite powerful because you grow up with all these people. And, and they say you outgrow the fishing pond that you, yeah. you was raised in. And that's very true, you know, and it's not that you don't like each other. Yeah. It's just spiritually, mentally, and, you know, intellectually, I feel like. I want to progress a lot further than they yeah. want to. Yes. You know, so some people are good for certain chapters. If yeah. you're very lucky, you have someone who starts in the first chapter and is there at the very last page. Yeah. But some people are just, not to be used, but they've served the purpose. They've yeah. helped you to become someone. And you. there's that point where sometimes you hang on to these people because I've known them for 30 years. Yeah. You have nothing in common. Oh, do you remember when 30 years ago we went on the swings? And you that's when it. you don't fall out yeah. with them. You just go, I wish you all the best in everything you do. And if we see each other, we'll be friends. I remember you helped me out with this when I was a person I thought was a good friend of mine. And he kept letting me down and stabbing me in the back and this, that, and the other. And Kev said, 
What you're going to do, it's all about pots. He says, you've got your best friends, you've got your friends, your acquaintances, you drink everybody, and the people you just say hello to. And he said, switch pots. And that was the best thing well I did. Done. And I moved pots, yeah. and they moved out of my life. And it was for the good. And, and the thing is, is what, what I would say for, for you, Craig, and anyone listening, be who you are. Don't conform. Like, you know, you've obviously got a talent. You've obviously been speaking to a short while, and you've yeah. said things that were rattling around in my head, and I'm thinking, I really like that. You've got a very good way of communicating complex things in a very simple way and I love that and that's that's a skill you've got to get it out there keep getting it out there because it will improve 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 and then what happens but the job I do now I never if you just said to me when I was a kid this is what you'd be doing now I'd have been there even specialising in PTSD and trauma I tried to stay away from that because I said I thought I'm not going to be able to heal this story so you know I'll I'll be too scared and it'll hurt me too much and that's what I specialise in crazy and like years ago when I was speaking to Kev I I kind of had a thing where I thought me and him will be talking together one day about his blindness and everything. And 15 years later, we had such a great day because we didn't get off to the best starts because yeah. uh, for one reason or another. Yeah. But at the end of it, he bossed it. And we're in, we're in the pub having a fight, high-fiving each other, yeah. going, smash that. <laughs> Go back to what you did say, that if you could imagine yourself where you were as a child, I think that's wrong with education. So you know, 15-year-old boy or girl, what are you going to do for yeah. the rest of your life? How many people do we know who have actually gone, yeah, and have stuck with it. Life's a journey, and you've yeah. got to find out. I, I went into media studies because I write poetry. Well, I used to write poetry, and I'm starting to get back into it. And I wanted to be into writing and talking. Yeah. And then you don't do it, and I fell into what I'm doing now. But not many of us find one shot, one kill. We have to keep doing it. And for another, yeah. I didn't enjoy that working at the butchers. I didn't enjoy working at the florist. I didn't enjoy. And then one day, if you're lucky, you find something. But, but aren't all those experiences that we experiences. have as failures, they're the bits that shape us. Like yeah. when, I, when I collapsed, it was by far worse than getting stabbed. It was the worst time of my life for, for a good 18 months. Good 18 months. Very, very dark place. Really, really dark. And it was the worst part of my life. Everything I learned in that time is what I do now. Mm. And that's the crazy thing. It's mad. I mean, he's an example. Of, if, if I say Richard Branson, what's the first thing you think? Monet Virgin. Virgin. Exactly. That's a success. That's one of his big successes. Now you don't you, you don't think of the time when he was a little boy, a schoolboy, yeah. and he tried to start up a Christmas tree business. Dyslexic. That failed. Yeah. Dyslexic. Epic. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, an elbow. You won't hear them, and because you don't want to hear them, and that's that's part of your ego. You want to see the success. And you want to... Did you know that um, Richard Branson suffers from public speaking anxiety? I do actually, yeah, yeah, I did read that. I, mean, oh, yeah, I did read that. Yes, yeah. and that's crazy yeah. because if it was someone of his, his stature, you know, yeah. he'd be able to do that quite comfortably. But we've all got things that we can't do. We've all got things that we, we feel uncomfortable doing. It's not that you can't do them, you feel uncomfortable to do it. Mm. And that's what's going to bring us back to what we were saying earlier about breaking up. I had different ways you can bring down that nerve level or that anxiety level. Yeah, so, you know, obviously avoid danger, but, you know, pursue your goals and then you'll, you'll experience fear and worry. Um, so the first thing to do is, is to be clear about what you want to do and then measure, get yourself a measure of what your level of fear is. So you need to basically understand what it is you fear. So there'll be some pictures in your mind, there'll be some sounds, you'll be mentally rehearsing, probably the worst case scenario. But the first thing is fully accept that. So it's like, 
Uh, I'll give you an example. Like when I came back here and uh, we were doing some training and sat there, there was a worry about, oh, have I got a spar or anything? And it was, a, it was an image of me being knocked clean out and everyone laughing and then me being carried out on a stretcher. <laughs> so the secret is, is firstly, admit your fear. And then once you've got the fear, is to get hold of the um, the, the um, feelings that you get. So it'll be your, your heart rate, you will be going, you'll be lots of adrenaline dumped to your muscles and things like that. So the first thing I'll say is to relax your posture. So I have a, uh, an acronym I use called LIMA. <clears throat> so the first thing when you're feeling fear or even anxiety, you can use this for both, is to loosen all the muscles in your body. So the best thing you can do is to sit back on a chair, lie down on a couch and just make sure you get all your muscles really loose and limp. Um, the second thing you need to do is in, inhale, that's the I, and basically do a diaphragmatic breath, so you're pulling the air into the bottom two-thirds of your lungs, pushing your stomach out. And what that does is whenever danger goes, so if there was a like, tiger running here and we're all panicking, and then it got captured by the zookeeper, and he said, you're all safe now, we'd all like to go, <sighs> that big deep breath, and you start laughing. It's like when you're running for a bus, isn't it? You run, you go, you're on the bus. <laughs> And, and after the danger's gone, that's what you, your breathing changes, and it changes, it activates what's called your parasympathetic nervous system, produces cooling chemicals, and then uh, brings the body back to homeostasis, back to balance. Um, the next thing I say is to meditate, so to close your eyes. And then what I what would say to do with the pictures in terms of NLP, we call it uh, changing the submodalities, draining all the colour out of the terrible situation that you're looking at. See it on a movie screen, so you're not actually looking through your eyes. Drain all the colour out of it and push it off into the distance. And um, when you when you meditate, you can either there's two ways of doing it. You can either close your eyes and just focus on a point. So you can focus on the middle of your forehead, which we call a third eye meditation. You can focus on your crown chakra at the top of your head, depending on who you are. Or if you want your eyes open, just look at a point on the wall and wait till your peripheral vision blurs, and then you know you're in, you're in a meditative state. And then the last thing is is the A, which is affirmations. So one of the affirmations I say to people is I'm cool, calm and relaxed, keep saying that to yourself in your mind really slowly, I'm cool, calm and relaxed, whatever happens I'll be okay, and just repeating those things, and then whatever endeavour you go into, you find that your anxiety levels loosen. Because it, it was uh, Nick who helped me, because I used to suffer with uh, terrible anxiety and working with him, and uh, doing uh, hypnotherapy, and I used to um, have a terrible fear of injections, for having meningitis, and I had loads of injections, and so whenever I had to go for a blood test, I'd be petrified of it. Now I've got hemochromatosis, where I have to have a big injection every, and have uh, blood drained from me. And I felt like I was going to faint. I had to go every week. And if, thanks to Nick, I've, I've got over it. So I can personally, personally testify what Nick has done for me. has been amazing over the years. And that's the thing. That's the uh, the faint. You know, we say fight, flight, uh, fight, flight, freeze, tease, and faint. And that's your body thinking this is... Because there's nothing you can do, you can't not have the injections, can you? So mm. that's why you used to faint. Your body thought by losing consciousness, it would be helping you. Mm. But they're all things you can work on and strengthen. And what, what I say to people is like, it's like me and Kevin said this. I'm, I'm not a confident person, but I'm courageous. Mm. You know, I will always feel the fear and do it anyway. And I, I remember talking at our national conference uh, last year, and uh, I was feeling a little bit nervous because there was some conflict going on and this, that, and the other. And then I got ch- chatting to uh, some of the bigger speakers. And they were saying exactly the same. They said, I'm really nervous as well. I've got to talk at, you know, because it's an international thing. And I recognise everybody's nervous. And those yeah. those people who say they're not, you know, they're, they're stuck in a comfort zone. Because if you're not feeling nerves, then you're not pushing yourself hard mm. enough. I was once told, though, that when it comes to, like, nerves, nerves are the same 
you feel the same sort of emotions taking through of excitement. So one way to do it is just to keep the nervous system excited. Yeah. You know, so I don't know where we'll affect the berries of you know, under the toilet. When you're nervous, you think yeah, you're nervous. It is, yeah. That's how you stay. You're nervous. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, if it, if it works, if you can switch it, I always find it's just it's better to acknowledge that you are nervous. Just yeah. admit to yourself and just say, and, you know, before I uh, spoke at the conference, I remember standing on the stage and there was two big lights that were shining your eyes. So I started sweating. I was like, everyone's going to see me sweating. <laughs> I started to meditate on the stage. I thought people are filling up the, room, the, the auditorium. And then this woman went, oh, all right, Nick, how are you doing in sort of meditation? And I went, oh, it's going to go terribly. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it. It's awful, it's awful. It's one of those things. But actually, it went really well. I think, like me, when I come to perform and I say, I can think I'm not nervous. My body tells me differently. Yeah. I urinate a lot more. I keep yawning. Yeah. I get dry mouth. So physiologically, I know I'm nervous, but I can think, I'm not nervous. Yeah, but let me give you let me give you a tip for the dry mouth thing. It's like this is another one of my tips. Keep a bottle of cold water with you whenever you're going to do public speaking because um, the the you know your mind is dry in the mouth um, to try and cool down the organs within you. So that's why your surface is going to oh, start okay. sweating and things like that. But your mouth goes dry. So what one of the best things to do is uh, swig some water around your gums and your tongue. Yeah. Because when you when we're relaxed, we salivate. So if you swirl water around your gums and your tongue, it'll trick your mind into thinking you're more relaxed than you are. And um, I remember, I like you, that I remember you told me before about what you used to explain. Why do we urinate and get to the toilet more? Yeah, so basically it's, uh, it's called micturation. Um, what happens is if you're being chased by a, a lion or a tiger, the less body weight you've got, the better it is. Yeah. So first thing we do is we urinate. Second thing, empty the bowel. Third thing is we sit. I used to play rugby with a, a really tough fireman. And every time we played rugby, he used to be sick about three times. He was that nervous before the game. He was a fantastic player, but he just be sick. And, Mike and Tyson he, used to. Yeah, Mike Tyson. I've seen him when he was crying before the National Championship in 15. And it's normal. And, it, and it, if you recognise it's your body's way of trying to protect you, then you can kind of reframe it a little bit. See, I've, I'm fascinated to hear this because it's, it's a new one on me. Because you know people you know, you know there's something wrong. But yeah. until now, until you understand it, it's right. Right. Never understood why, but that makes a lot of sense. So your body is more intelligent than we call it. You know, nothing happens by chance. We're not throwing up by chance because we're nervous. But there's a great video on YouTube. Nick Davidson meeting when we first met. I was about twenty-one, and um, Nick uh, hypnotised me. I was about ten stone at the time. Hypnotised me, turned me into a plank of wood. This is God on his truth. We'll find the link. We'll probably share it on this. Hypnotised me, turned me into like a block of wood. Then him and my dad picked me up, the rest of my Achilles heel and my shoulders and these two chairs standing up and I balanced. Then, without knowing, Nick jumped up and sat on me and my body didn't bend. I woke up, not knowing. I was fully aware of listening, but my eyes were closed. Then I showed him the video. But if you would have asked me to have done that, I'd have gone, I'm physically incapable. But because you'd switched off the doubt in my mind, my body just went with it. That's the power of hypnosis. And what people don't realise is like, it's just come out fairly recently. Mike Tyson was hypnotised every day. I knew he was hypnotised, but actually Chris D'Amato hypnotised him and a retired friend of him. And he said the problem was, and he said <coughs> this on the Joe Rogan show, he said uh, the problem was, he said these guys are hypnotising me to be an animal every day, but they never taught me how to switch it off. And that's why he had a lot of problems. And he said, you imagine people saying, you're a killer, you're, a, you're an animal, you're this, yeah. that and the other, and that goes into your head. And the great thing about hypnosis is a really good way of programming your unconscious mind to make you more confident and things like that. But you can do it yourself with meditation. I've been hypnotised before. Um, not with Nick, 
from the artistically that individual and it helped me with anxiety massively. Mm. I actually did a speech in front of like two hundred people, five that from the speech for like three or four people. But I didn't I didn't connect the dots and it was only when I did the speech and my wife she was she kept quiet actually. And about a week later she was like, I didn't want to like stress you out or get you nervous and she goes, You just did that fine. Like mm. I didn't even rehearse it and I was like, mm. Oh shit. You know, yeah. when it hits you, you're like, you, you know, the hypnosis works. But when I first went to the session, it was with a lady and she was doing like affirmations and stuff. And I literally sat there, I was like, I can't believe I'm playing for this. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is symbolic, basically. That's literally what I thought yeah. it was. But it was just subconscious stuff she was saying, stuff yeah. to basically empower me. Um, but, I, you know, I, I stuck with it. And I always say, say thanks. I've got actual testimonial, actually. And I put that on my social media occasionally, just to show yeah. people that, you know, I've been through there. I know what it's like. Yeah. And I know you can mention her if you want. That'd, that'd be a nice thank you. I, I remember it. I just thought I didn't want to write around me. I didn't you know, I've been underwater mm. for like 30, 40 seconds. Yeah. And everyone's looking like, like what's going on? But yeah. it is that thing that you just explained. The, the, the other thing as well is, and this is one thing I, I found, was if you can have true self-acceptance for yourself, mm. then that's the best thing. So we're always going to have a bit of, you know, am I too fat, am I too thin, am I anxious, am I yeah. da, 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 all that nonsense that goes on. And with my training courses, I used to like struggle a bit with that. And then one, one thing changed for me. I thought my message is too important. So it doesn't matter what I look like or who I am. The information in my brain, I need to get that out. Like you with yeah. your poems and your songs. Yeah. Forget about you. There's a creative uh, talent in there that you have to get out. You, you know, you're getting your stuff out. Ed's getting his stuff out, and you're getting your stuff out. We've all got to get that out. Yeah. Forget about who you are, because sometimes we're in the wrong. And, and this is to do with environment. And this is why I'll travel. I'll drive an hour and a quarter to come here, because it's not. Sometimes, if you look at a plant and you plant a seed, every, everybody's got that intelligence. Like the plant knows. Like the, the acorn knows it's going to be an oak tree. But you plant it in between two bits of concrete where it's in the shade, it's not going to be a very big oak tree, it'll be a little one. And this is why I think it's environment, it's, uh, you know, especially the people you mix with, because you've got to mix with those like-minded people who understand yeah. you for you and accept you. Because I, I trip people out of my life quickly now. Because I yeah. recognise, you know, there was, uh, and there was somebody that I was friends with and all they did was, uh, they put me down, but with humour. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they were going, oh, no, I've only got your best interests at heart. But I looked at it and thought, I've helped them loads. And it started to make me feel down. So I just took them off Facebook. They sent me an email. I said, look, I didn't fell out with you properly. I just think you need to spend some time with heart because it's not helping. Yeah, Change Change thoughts. thoughts. It's it's important. I mean, like like the anxiety and depression, from from what you see on social media a lot, because it's on a platform for everyone to see. And um, the same lady who said, find your tribe to me, she actually said, control your diet and that doesn't just mean what you consume and what yeah. you do it means what you're seeing and reading yeah. because it, it is effective yeah and how many times you'll be with that person i see it so much with boxes and someone's anxiety will rub onto you yeah. and you'll go like um hey, how are you feeling yeah. i'm yeah. feeling i'm feeling great and they go yeah. aren't you nervous aren't you nervous i yeah. bet and you're going I'm no no, no. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm all right yeah. well i'd be well, yeah, you see, yeah, you yeah, see yeah, that yeah, with, yeah, yeah, and you'll yeah, see some yeah. lads when their parents aren't here, who perform, and they're wonderful. The dad comes in, and it, and before you know it, you see the tank empty. And this yeah. can be in your pub life, in your work life, and sometimes someone else's shit sticks on your shoe. Yeah, 
and you've got to be careful of that and if some things can't be helped but if you've just got that drain on your resource that friend who only phones you to go always oh, left me again and oh yeah and uh, <laughs> it's great to open up but if you have just got that emotional leech and then you go well actually um nick hurt my feelings oh all right then see you later if they what did you say like, uh, friendship's like a bank yeah so you're yeah you invest so it's like if, if it's all one way there's a, there's a really good book called the seven habits of highly effective people and he talks about emotional bank accounts and i worked out it's like a plus or minus three so if i do something nice for kev that's plus one for me minus one for him i do something nice if he gets the plus three and he hasn't done anything back it's likely not going to come back so you end up being plus ten and you're always doing nice things so they're always taking, they're draining your energy. But normally, it would be plus or minus three. You go plus or minus three, and then the other bit, and it's down. And this happens, sorry, Craig, but this is like in relationships, isn't it? You have like some some people, like you fall in love with someone, and you go, well, she's had a terrible um, last lover and all this. And you, you start looking after her and looking after her. And before you know it, you've become the victim. Because some people have had a bad circumstance, but some people are happy to be the victim. And they will take someone, a nurturer, and before you know it... Well, that's the drama triangle or the saucepan in the service. Like what I say is, if you meet somebody, if you're an empath, <clears throat> so I'm an empath, I genuinely care about other people's feelings yeah. when I'm in somebody's company, I tend to feel what they feel. So if I'm in a positive setting, I feel positive. I'm a negative. Word for that, because I, I thought it was weird. So I get like, <laughs> oh, you yeah. People cry all around me. I, I end up yeah. like wanting to cry. Yeah. I'll think of my energy. Yeah. I'll okay. feel em- empathy. Yeah, yeah. an empath. Empathy yeah. without the way. Yeah. So okay. you're an empath. Now, if you meet a narcissist, a narcissist mm. is somebody, and they've got they've had a damaged childhood, but what they do is they have an insatiable desire for you to do stuff for them, and this is the relationships you get into sometimes. So you might meet somebody who's like, um, so a normal person, I call it a saucepan, so if like Craig came to me and says, oh, I'm feeling a bit down today, Nick, can you just you know help me lift me up a bit? I'd be pouring some water in the saucepan or salt, and it would fill up. Craig's saucepan full, he'd go away and he'd go, I feel all right now. If he's a narcissist that just you know wants to take, 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 and you get this in relationships, you pour that, it's a sieve. So you're pouring water or salt in it, it's just pouring through. And they're going, you're not good enough, I need more, I need more. So you pour it in at such a rate, it looks like it's full, but then obviously we know it's pouring through. No matter what you give those people, it will never be enough. And they're always saying you're not good enough for this, that, and the other. But what I say is just avoid those people at all costs. My uncle, my uncle said to me once, there's give or take, and then there's give or take in the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that, yeah. Like that. And my yeah. dad always told yeah. me, like, there's those from Paddington and those from Givington. Yeah. So I'm a Givington. I'm yeah. from Givington. You know, I, I tend to, like you just explained, that the saucepan and the sieve, I tend to be always pouring stuff into people. And then it, Trying to better them, trying trying to encourage their dreams and their hopes and that, but yeah. no personal benefit to myself, no yeah. monetary or anything else. I like to see people do well. I like to see people do well with no with no alternative. Motive. Yeah, but you, you have to also have to protect yourself from like you know there's a therapist I find this is sometimes you get drained, yeah. and Kevin always saying this is you know you finish today sometimes you need a bit of time off. Yeah. You want to go and have a drink with your mates and something. You know, those people will find you and they're still trying to take when you're out. You know, it's like I get it, I was out the other night and people go, No, oh, I've got this, I've got that. So listen, I'm not working. Leave your business card and contact me when you're sober. They never do. But don't you don't don't you think that's a twenty first century problem? Because back in the day we had house phones and you wouldn't phone someone on the house phone after eight o'clock. Yeah. So because the kids would be in bed or you're sitting down watching Corrie. Yeah. But nowadays, because you have our mobiles and the um, it's a twenty four hour day. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you think, well, like I used to know, someone says, um, someone's talked to him at 29 minutes past five. And as soon as he went first, he went, sorry, my day finished. But we haven't finished talking. He goes, but my day has come back at nine o'clock. Yeah. Nowadays, we don't yeah. do that. I think that's why, I think that's where the algorithms and that come into it again. Like the blue ticks on WhatsApp, they pressure you into responding because you think, I don't want to leave, leave them on ring because I'm going to, you know, so then you have to respond and they have to respond. And you're constantly on the I platform. Well. That, I actually do that. I actually get anxious. Like if somebody's read my message, I'm like, respond. I could be driving or something as well. You know, yeah. I could just like, accidentally like, look at it. Yeah. But that's the manipulative yeah. factor. Let, 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 let me ask you, who who tells them you have to? Yeah. I think it's that it's it's that um, fear of not meeting expectations, yeah. and then that encourages doubts. So then you start doubting yourself. But, who's that, am I but let me ask you another think. question: Whose expectations? What do you believe someone else expects of you? Yes. But they're your expectations. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that, yeah. but, but you have they, the, we have the choice. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, if yeah. so it's like, are you a bad person? No. So, cool. so, <laughs> so if you ignore somebody's WhatsApp, you're yeah. not doing it for a malicious reason. Like Aaron said, we're driving, we can't respond. You know, yeah. but, but we might go, what would they think? Who cares what they think? Yeah. You know, the most important thing, and, and this is what we do, is sometimes when we give too much of ourselves, then you're going to get anxiety, then you're going to get depression, then you're going to get yeah. stressed. And I think that's why we shouldn't take our phones to the bedroom. Yeah. Because that beep 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 yeah. flash thinking it this can wait until I've had a good night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what Nick just said there was fantastic and end this off but and it's something just touching your last point. When you give good good you do end up with anxiety and depression. That's literally yeah. my mum. When yeah. my mum was the person giving yeah. to to an unbelievable amount. I think yeah. like, how do you give so much? When she's now had that eight years of chronic depression. And yeah. I'm very similar to her, so yeah. I'm very emotional and very close. She's like my best friend. And I was like, I could see it in her, and I seen how it destroyed her to the point. That's why I now do the stuff I do. I'm not, I don't want to end up like that. So I do yeah. this little thing now in the morning. And it's, on, it's only recent, maybe this would hopefully add a bit of value, but every morning I have an hour of me time, and it's like a selfish yeah. thing. I've just got into meditation. You know, I'm not a guru or anything, but I've been doing it for about 10 days now. Oh, and I can't explain yeah. it. I actually feel it's a partnership initially yeah, with yeah. My, my friends, but it's amazing. Like, I don't always hit it right. Some days I just feel like almost like I've got like um kind of like a force field around me, and just like and then I do deep journaling, and then I do exercise like an hour, and then I feel ready for the world. So when you know the world comes and stuff comes your way, I just feel more resilient towards yeah. it. Massively helps. Yeah. Plus, I'm then not only popping up my best ability, but I'm able yeah. to give the best out to other people. But hypnosis, yeah. prayer, meditation—it's yeah. all the di- it's the same thing with different word. And when you say meditation, you're thinking of Aaron sitting cross-legged. <laughs> with, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm sad behind him on my flute. But what it is, is just finding you, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And having that every night oh, that I'll get to bed now, I lie there and um, I'll find hypnosis, meditate, and I calm myself down. So I've done so many years with Nick doing um, hypnosis. Calm myself down, say a few nice things to myself, flush out the bad things and then say when you're ready go to sleep and that's as simple as that is I think you've got, to, you've, got, you've got to look at yourself as something that can empty and as soon as you empty yourself mm-hmm. so in all the same things to everyone else that leaves room to be filled with something yeah. and what you get refilled with is important if you allow if, if you bury it in there and you allow yourself to get refilled with negative energy mm-hmm. that's where things like depression and anxiety and that can come from 
you need to you need to sort of have other loop systems. So you mention yourself into everyone else, but you make sure it comes back to your loop. You know, I think that's that's important to understand, isn't it? Misery loves company as well. So you know, if, you, know. <laughs> if, if you're if you're constantly the person, and that I say, you know, sometimes I say you're better off if you wound for somebody than yeah. hurt yourself. So yeah. if you've got nothing left to give. And then somebody's going, oh, can I, can, I, can I talk to you? I've got this problem and you've got nothing left to give. You're better off going, fix your phone off, or just do something else. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the best thing to so, do. So to like round up on that, anxiety and nerves, if there is a difference between yeah. each one, yeah. is it how important is it that we recognise that difference instead of kind of manifesting I'm anxious when really you're nervous? Yeah, I think the thing is, is if you're getting anxiety for no reason, then know that you're pushing yourself too hard in life so it's about tidying your diet up exercise getting some fresh air meditation you know like Aaron was saying I've done every kind of meditation mm. there is done Zen Cohen's where you, you meditate on the what's the sound of one hand clapping what's the sound of the mouse at yours and all this nonsense so you get it after about three months but you can't explain it <laughs> yeah. so then you go what's the point of that and then I did the on meditations where you vibrate in the, the throat the chest and the stomach and I've done all of those but you know what the simplest way to meditate I'll give you this last uh, thing now Pop a candle down, get yourself nice and relaxed, just focus on the candle, do your diaphragmatic breathing, as soon as your peripheral vision begins to blur and just become curious about the flame, you're in meditation. That's the fastest way to do it. Yeah. And on that note, um, the, on the, our cliff notes, there'll be some information um, about Nick and his websites and different things that you can use. And I always believe this. Sometimes you'll pay your money to go and see a dietitian or a strength commissioner. If our mind isn't right, then nothing else will be right. So go and see people like Nick and other people. And I fully recommend this, uh, this man. I almost said young man, but I won't lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to thank you very much, brother, for coming thank in. Thank you. Uh, Aaron's going to um, just leave us out with a quote. Well, it's actually Craig. So I'm putting Craig on the spot here, but you said something which I thought was really. Good when you first came in. Oh, me yeah. and Nicola, you know, that, that was good. Yeah, so if you want to end that, maybe. Yeah. Um, a heart of gold will always attract diamonds. Until yeah. next week, gang. Chara, Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page, and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, Tarara Bit. Listen, listen, listen.